Hi, I'm County Executive Barry Glassman. And whether you're on the go, in the car, or at your desk, the Conduit Street Podcast delivers your accurate local news. Welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale here with Michael Sanderson. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing okay, Kevin. How are you? How's your baby girl? She is doing fantastic. I don't see her enough during session, but I'm trying to make up for that, at (laughs) least in the mornings. But anyway, this week we are going to talk about Kerwin, and we've tried to stay away for a couple (laughs) weeks, but I don't think we can get away with it this week. We're going to talk about some of the big changes to the blueprint legislation since the last time we talked to you, and then also we'll give you a play-by-play on the back half of some of the things that you will not see in the blueprint Hmm. bill. Yeah, there's a good tease there. So, Michael, we are still in high gear. It is March. Crossover is coming March 16th. Remind people, what is crossover and why it's significant? Yeah, this is one of those inside baseball terms that people like us, like we we think of the word crossover very, very forward in mind this time of year. But basically, the rule is bills that are in the Senate should be out of the Senate and to the House by this date, the crossover date, which this year is March 16th. And the bills that are in the House, if they plan to pass them, get them out of the House and to the Senate by March 16th. And both chambers have a process where if you're after that crossover date, you'll still get consideration, but first you're going to be you know, sent to the Rules Committee, and then it's it's more procedural hurdles. hurdles right. And that ends up becoming its own thing. Like bills will get stuck in Rules Committee without a doubt, There will be bills that pass out of the House and go to the Senate Rules Committee and never see the light of day for a true public hearing in the Senate because of timing issues. And basically, this is the Senate saying to the House, if this was important to you, you would have gotten it to us on time. And the time for that is crossover. Right. So it's March 4th, as we sit here today on Wednesday. And obviously now we're going to see a lot of voting lists in committees because we're approaching that deadline and there are a lot of bills still sitting in committee that you you think they want to get out. So the next few weeks are going to be a lot of waiting outside committee rooms, seeing what's voted out, what's staying in, things like that. So busy next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, And the committees frequently will publish like this is our voting list for tomorrow afternoon and people like us grab a copy of it, leaf through three pages and like, okay, this isn't there. So that's not ready. But these two bills, let's make sure we get a couple couple phone calls in, remind them why we have these concerns. We want the amendment or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Please pass the bill, whatever. So everybody's in everybody's in this boat together, but that's what the next couple of weeks are like. Still hearing bills, but also voting sessions are, you know, sort of, you know, sharpen your pencils. Right. Okay. So let's talk about Kerwin, Michael, and the blueprint bill. So again, we're sitting here Wednesday on March 4th, and yesterday, the two House subcommittees, the Appropriations and in Ways and Means, the subcommittees in both of those committees that deal with education, approved the amended version of the blueprint after a brief discussion, Michael, and we think the bill will likely be scheduled for a vote uh, and the full committees today, again, Wednesday. Um, maybe. So so we're recording as the bill has made it out of two subcommittees. It's got to go to Ways and Means and Appropriations for their committees to vote the bill. That will require some degree of time and effort. And when we say the bill's been amended, it's not like here are the six things we changed in the bill. It's more like here are the 60 things right. that we've changed in the bill. So everybody will have a reprint, meaning here's the new bill with all the amendments embedded 
into it and incorporated and things will be struck out and new language will be added and there's underlined text and bold text and capital letters. It's this old special variation on English, which is like the Annapolis Pidgin version of how do we write you know, legislative language. So if you <laughs> took the time to read the 200 page bill, now you got to read it again. To, right? Yeah. Right, you got to read right. it again. Yeah, you read, you read the first version. Now a whole lot of it has changed. And so, I mean, what this, what this necessarily turns into is it's a big lift to try and follow every issue. And so, you know, people are focusing. Uh, I mean, lots of legislators I know are saying, you know, the thing that I really care about is career and technical education. I want to make sure that piece gets taken care of. And I didn't like everything in the first version. And lo and behold, here's change. They, you know, they've tweaked this. They've changed that. So there's a lot of that going on. Right. Like, I want to, I want to go back to page 89, 89 and 90. That's my big thing. There's a lot of people who are sort of planting a flag that way, understandably, because to be an expert on all 200 pages of the bill is a really big ask. It's a big ask. And the last time we talked about this, Michael, when the bill was introduced, we said there would be major changes to the bill. Let's talk about some of those big changes that we sort of anticipated. But the first one is max effort. So maximum effort, Michael, what is this change and what does it do? Well, I guess first a caveat that I think as as the county podcast, we're going to talk about the fiscal issues that affect county governments. There's a lot more in this bill that I don't think we have. I don't think we have the expertise nor the time to get into in a lot of detail. But on the fiscal side, there's two big changes. Both of them kind of expected in my view. This one is a pretty substantive change. And this traces back to when you do the numbers and you're telling each county, you've got to come up with your share of all these formula programs. Right. We do that by a wealth equalized manner. Um, I've had some sort of technical bones to pick with the way we calculate wealth for that particular purpose. And that's probably too complicated to get into here. Mm -hmm. But I think between the time of all the, the tables of numbers that we saw back in November or so up to the time of the introduction of this bill, it started to become consensus that you've got to make an adjustment here. Otherwise, you end up asking a whole lot more of the poorest jurisdictions. Right, which is exactly, you know, you're trying to address these inequities. But if you're asking right. the ones that have the biggest inequities to pay the most, you have a problem. Not to mention it's going to be really hard to pass a bill right. with the way that things were in the first draft. Right. So that's that's both sort of a philosophical problem, but also a practical and political problem. And so, you know, most of Annapolis was aware that Baltimore City and Prince George's County with these towering figures, by the end, by the end of the phase in each of those jurisdictions being asked to come up with more than $300 million of annual local revenue. Right. And I mean, both of these are places that have maxed out their, you know, all their resources. You know, both of them are at the max on the, on the income tax rate. Um, both of them have, I've gone, you know, basically turned over the couch cushions for all the various other revenue sources that you can, your, your recordation and transfer taxes, all those sorts of things. Those, those counties are doing what they can. So it's tough to imagine how to get all that done. What I'm getting at is we all expected there was going to be something here. And part of this is 
measuring the wealth of a jurisdiction that has lots of students who we know are going to be more costly is a trickier endeavor than just counting heads. And we've talked about that on previous episodes, <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's, to it's, an extent, but yeah, it does get pretty thick. Right. It's I mean, like, even for the Conduit Street podcast, that's a little bit wonky. So I'll, I'll just make a placeholder here. There's a 30-minute conversation to be had about how you might technically calculate things differently. What Annapolis is prone to doing here is sort of caps and limits and things like that. And that's the mechanism being used. So basically, the idea here is we'll hinge some relief to counties based on their school funding effort. So that's a calculation we already make mm-hmm. as to sort of how much are you contributing as a function of your tax base and getting to the schools. We can turn that into a number. And if you're higher than the state average on that effort number, right. then that means you're, you, you've got, you know, you, you've got your shoulder into it. You're putting in the local effort to try and help your schools. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the ones deserving of a fairer break on the state versus county split. It's a complicated several new pages in the bill where it phases in the numbers in three different tiers of county and based on their effort. But the short version is if you're doing a lot locally, the state's going to give you a little bit of extra credit for that above and beyond effort. And that softens the blow on multiple jurisdictions that are making that effort. Okay, so that's maximum effort. Number two, the second big fiscal change in this bill is a floor adjustment. Talk about the floor adjustment. And I think these are the two biggest changes in terms of fiscal effects on county governments. Right. And this one is, it affects fewer counties and it's fewer dollars. Uh, This one, in my mind, is closer to a technical correction than it is a big policy shift. I'm not sure that every legislator will see things that way. Right. Um, So far, we're already starting to see that these these two moves sort of conflated into one sheet of paper. The last thing we wrote on the Conduit Street blog showed a one-pager that has both of these changes put together. The floor traces back to there are a couple places where we calculate the state and local share of various programs, both Mm -hmm. the foundation and the sort of add-on programs. Now they're for students at Promise. Basically, they're sort of, uh, you know, I, I use this analogy all the time. My, my, my son goes bowling with, with friends right. and, and they used to, bumpers tell, or no well, bumpers? as of last year, he was a bumper guy. A bumper and guy. now he's graduated to no bumpers. Yep. But the formula is sort of like bowling with bumpers. We don't let the number go be- below this level or above that level. Right. We, lo- we use floors and caps in a variety of ways. So, We've put bumpers on the state share, and for the foundation program, the state share is 15%, no matter what the calculation might have yielded. Right. And for that promise programs, the state share is 40%, independent of what the, the state share would have yielded. To try and take another big technical thing and shorten it, if you don't make the correction that they're proposing here, you end up double counting the effect of that cap. Right. You have the state spending that money and the county still spending that money, and you end up requiring money above and beyond what the formula says is required for that batch of kids. Um, overfunding, if you want to do that, that's fine. Just make the whole program, uh, you know, say it's, it's a, a more, more expensive program, but you shouldn't have like a technical glitch require the county to fund stuff that the state is funding already already. doing right when you remedy that that's that ends up bringing down the county share in a couple of places where in the first draft of the bill they had basically been double counting some money right okay and then you know there's like you said earlier i think a lot of other stuff that's really hard to track a lot of things that 
really, are, you know, curriculum related that really aren't county issues per se, county governments. But, you know, some of the tweaks with the teacher ladder, some of the accountability issues, some of the career and technical education stuff. As you said, there are a lot of amendments here. But I think right. we the, the stuff we want to focus yeah. on is fiscal related. Yeah. And I mean, I know you were in the room for a lot of the discussions over the last couple of years of the current commission as they talked about the teacher career ladder, the idea of the teaching profession looking and feeling different in Maryland than we've thought of it before and then most states think of it, and the idea of continuing to pursue certification and advanced training Mm -hmm. and things like that, becoming a a master teacher after a number of years, that there should be remuneration that follows that. So you you get a salary bump when you do this thing, you get another salary bump when you do that thing, and rather than having all that stuff just be, let's hope the local negotiations recognize that, you're going to put it in state law and say, here's the flag, go get it, teachers, mm-hmm. you know, get in here and here's your path towards making this a career you can stay in and, you know, like, like thrive in. Carrot and stick, yeah, you know, yeah, putting yeah. it in the law like that. Right. Okay. So we talked about the first two big changes, the fiscal changes. Michael, what does that mean in terms of the local share overall? You said that, you know, there would be uh, a couple of counties particularly who get some relief. And we talked earlier, Baltimore City and Prince George's County, everybody kind of knew, you know, the way that the bill was originally drafted could not stand. But we also have other counties in here that will get relief. What does this mean for the local share, you know, over the next 10 years? So I, I think we could link in the in the show notes when we post this on the blog to, to uh, another article on the blog from earlier this week. Uh, legislative services, the legislative staff have already released their a one pager that sort of shows year by year, county by county, how much relief this grants. The numbers are all over the place. There's a fair number of counties that are in neither category. Right. I mean, one of these is mostly affecting the the relatively low wealth, the poor counties. Another one is affecting relatively high wealth, the wealthier, richer counties. And there's a, there's a middle band who's affected either not at all or relatively trivially. There's some other places where the numbers are meaningful. In some cases, on on this uh, on the the effort adjustment, that results in the state share coming up. So we'll see a new fiscal note. I think the bottom line from legislative services is close to $500 million in difference by the end of the phase in. So it takes you eight or nine years to get from here to there. But by the end, everybody's familiar with this sort of the state number being 2.7 billion and the county number being 1.2 with our asterisk that we think that's compared to a trend line. If you're comparing it to current law, it's probably more like a billion nine. Regardless, that county number is going to come down for several jurisdictions and in the aggregate by four or 500. The state number probably will go up by about 400 mm-hmm. would be my back of the napkin. Some relief here. And I think one thing I want to mention, I, I know a lot of people were worried. They look at the, you know, all the charts and they think, well, right now, it, it says I don't have to do anything more than the current trend. But when the state makes this adjustment, as we know they will, to take care of some of these jurisdictions that need the relief, I want to make sure that it doesn't come out of my pocket and I'm not being asked to do more. And it looks to me like this change is all state money being kicked in right. to, to help these counties. And it's not readjusting what different counties have to do in terms of, of local share. Right. So, I mean, there are going to be multiple tiers of that conversation. The the ask on the county government and the county government's revenue sources, as opposed to the taxpayers of each jurisdiction. Right. So that's a, those are two separate conversations. And I think 
legislators and county officials can be thinking about both of those things at the same time. This is, this is complicated Mm -hmm. talking about the incidence of, of fiscal policy, like who's paying for it and who receives the benefits and so forth. So this, this has lots of tears. I, I, I would say if Mako's position on this whole program was, if you want to promote equity, the state is the right entity to do that. When you continue to say the money needs to come locally or half of it or more than half of it needs to show up locally, we've said like that you're frustrating every effort toward equity. So what happens here? They end up saying in the interests of equity, we're going to move some stuff off the local share onto the state share. They're moving in the direction that we said policy-wise actually makes more sense. Right. Absolutely. I agree with you there. Speaking of how to pay for this. We've seen numerous proposals now, Michael, this year for how to pay for Kerwin, how to play for the blueprint. The biggest one so far is obviously applying the sales tax to services. And we mentioned, you know, I think last week that this was going to be a show. Like if you thought the hearing on Kerwin was panel after panel of people coming down to Annapolis, this one would be bigger. And that certainly played out, Uh, Michael. We saw that hearing and it was this past Monday and it was all day and it was exactly kind of what we thought it would be, right? Pretty much. So, so this has always been sort of an adjunct part of the Kerwin debate has been, do we need to have a plan today that basically spells out the resources to at least pay for the state side of this. Right. Now, I mean, the counties have been tagging along at a lot of these hearings, dropping in a sheet of paper saying, hey, if you're coming up with new revenues to go to both sides of the ledger. Right. Don't forget about us. Right. So, and you know, wh- whether that happens or not is, is, I guess, still an open question. But this this was the most visible and it's been the lightning rod. Right? We've seen social media. We've seen you know lots of people suddenly they can grasp onto the idea that, oh, a new tax on whatever my you know the babysitter or the hair cleaner or landscape you know, my, my tax prepare i gotta pay taxes right. on my taxes or whatever i mean all these different things so it, it's been easy to grab onto and yeah lo and behold there there are several agents who are you know, stakeholders who come to the hearing and support because these are the revenues we need for the Kerwin bill. And I love the Kerwin bill. Let me tell you about education. Right. And and there's a little bit of back and forth with sponsors of actually two separate bills, but the House Majority Leader sort of holding court and saying, I mean, I'm open to a conversation about whether we've perfected the tax policy here. But his, I mean, his argument is basically it's dumb to have side by side things that seem pretty comparable. One's taxed and one's not. I think he kept using, um, Using the idea of if you buy you buy insect insect repellent or bug killer right. that sort of thing you pay sales tax on it because you bought a thing but if you hire someone to come to your house to spray for bugs you can't pay sales tax on that because that's a service and right. for some reason we don't tax services I think that's the logic that gets you to a bill like this mm-hmm. um, and I but, think a lot of people agree that you know taxing services would be the way to go but as you said I mean. The number of services that would be taxed here. Everybody's going to come to town and say, right. oh, "Not yeah. me." Don't so do there's it for a, there me. was a panel, Take me out. panel after panel after panel, all saying, "Oh, I got nothing against Kerwin and the school thing. I don't know. That sounds fine to me. I'd love to have good schools. My kids are in school. Blah blah blah." But here's my business, and here's what it mean to our business, and we'll just relocate. I'm going to Pennsylvania. I'm going to Virginia or whatever. I mean, we we hear tax policy and and its effect on business all the time. That's a 
tough nut to crack in this area of public policy. Right. We saw it on the Grand Parade. It was a long afternoon of industry after industry. Here's the Maryland Association of something you never thought had an association. Well, they're here. They're they got here. their president, their vice president. They got their lobbyists. They're all in town telling you this would be the end of the thing we do. Right. And so, here's why you shouldn't right. include us in this, right? right? Just exempt us. Add us to the right. list of exemptions. Everybody wants to be taken out. Right. And and the and you know the the bill sponsor has said he's willing to have this conversation and he's willing to consider you know maybe exempting certain industries from this. But uh, we talked about whack a mole last week, Michael. I think this is the ultimate. Maybe another case scenario, of that. Yeah. Right? So I mean, it is interesting though. I mean, the bill gets tagged by the nonpartisan fiscal analysts as having a little bit bigger than we thought, but you know, close to three billion dollars per year of fiscal effect if you if you actually extended the tax to everything. I mean the premise of this bill is everything is subject to sales tax unless it's on this list of things that are exempted. Right. Um so the idea of okay maybe you have slack there. Maybe maybe you don't need 3 billion dollars of state revenue to do this. Maybe you only need half that. So you could say okay fine accountants you made their you made your case, you're out. You know legal services you made your case, you're out. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do this thing for citizens under a certain level or whatever they're out and then you still end up with a billion and a half. I, I don't know. Right. So so where does this go from here? We're thinking about crossover. Is it possible that the that the house wants to do something on revenues along with the Kerwin bill, which we're already seeing it move. It makes that a subcommittee yesterday. It might be voted in the next day or two. Is the Ways and Means Committee thinking of a companion bill to go with it? And is the sales tax bill either the bill or the vehicle for something? Right. And we have to point out, too, the Senate does not have a crossfile. So the Senate does not have this bill. Uh, the Senate has been pretty quiet about <laughs> their thoughts on this bill. There so, has not been a loud cheering section no. across uh, Roe Boulevard Put it that on way. this one. So. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. So I we'll mean, see. if if you're if you're forecasting that one, that's sort of like your magic eight ball comes back and says like ask again later or or forecast is cloudy, cloudy. right? Cloudy. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right, that's a great way to leave the first half. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a play-by-play of sort of what's not in the Kerwin bill, how that's all played out, how we got to here, all that and more after the break. This is John Frenet with Ion Annapolis to let you know about our daily news brief podcast. If you want to keep up on Annapolis area local news, local weather, and local events, check us out. We produce episodes every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. and deliver them right to your phone or computer for free. You can also catch them on our Facebook page, All Annapolis, or under the podcast category at ionanapolis.net. You can even ask Alexa to play it for you. So, if you want to keep up to speed on Mayor Buckley, County Executive Pittman, Navy football, maybe you're looking for a weekend thing to do, or if you just want to catch the hyper-local weather, give a listen to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome back to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canelli back here with Michael Sanderson. So, Michael, on the front half of this podcast, we talked about what is in the Blueprint Bill, some of the changes that were made. I want to talk about what is not in the Blueprint Bill and sort of go through a play-by-play of how what is not in the bill came to be, how we got from a couple of years ago and maybe last fall, and now as we're here in March, some of these things are not in the bill that we certainly expected would be in the bill. Right. So, like, this is a moment where the 
the podcast audio based medium leaves us wanting a little bit. Cause if this were, if this were like a, a Facebook live or a television thing or what, heaven forbid we actually recorded this with people watching us, oh that, that would not be yeah. a good thing. I don't yeah, think, yeah. but if, if we were doing that, this would be the moment where I would want to look directly at the camera and have this like intimate moment with the viewer zooms in on and, face, and sort right. of like eye to eye and say, I'm sorry. We blew it. We, we fell for it. We fell for the head fake and we kept falling for the head fake. So anyway, like consider this, that moment to set up this back half. There's a couple things that are not in the bill that apparently aren't coming into the bill. And if you're a faithful Conduit Street podcast listener or a blog reader, or you've been following this and thinking that the county people kind of know what's going on, all through this process, we've been saying, hey, there's two big unanswered questions and we know they've got to get sorted out. So when's that going to happen? Right. And so we got hoodwinked on these I mean, two issues. I mean, I, I can't help but feel that way right now, given, I mean, as we speak, the bill has been dressed up and passed by the House subcommittees. That's a pretty strong signal that that's the bill they intend to bring to the floor. Right. So there's still time for action or changes that could happen. But at this moment, it looks like issues that we have said are unfinished. They're actually finished. And we just didn't we just didn't get the memo. And we said that for good reason. Right. And let's go back. <laughs> right. Let's. The play-by-play -play here, we're talking going back to October, the funding formula work group. You'll right. remember this was the offshoot of the Kerwin Commission, right. and they but were going to work out yeah. the formulas, so right? Let, let's, let's bring some people in who are, you know, I mean, the Kerwin Commission has a lot of strengths. They have a lot of people with expertise in education policy, policy. and curriculum, right. management of schools and outcomes and so forth. But on the funding side... They sort of felt we need this, you know, we'll, we'll do like the, you know, the, the magnificent seven. So we'll round up all these experts from far corners of the state. You get Dr. Thornton come in. Right. You get Rich Madalino, who's a county budget person, a former senator and a big fiscal leader in the legislature. Uh, you have several legislative leaders and other fiscal people who have this kind of background. They're the ones they are going to roll up their sleeves and sharpen their pencils and they're going to work out all the formula stuff. So they meet time and time again. Mm -hmm. They have their decision meeting in the middle of October. And they come up with, here's the plan. Here's how we're going to phase the whole thing in. We're going to smooth out the costs. And no surprise, the, the funding obligation on the counties was the probably, I think, the hardest thing to sort out. Mm -hmm. And when you looked at a first draft, you ended up saying, wow, how are a couple of these jurisdictions going to be able to handle that huge fiscal effect right away? Right. So the group at their decision meeting made two calls took two votes and embedded those into their recommendations specifically to target that county funding obligation and try and smooth that out, saying, we realize this looks like it's rocky, so there's two more things we're going to do to make it go better. Now, to be clear, this is not just something that was talked about. They took votes yeah. on these two items, right? No they, doubt. This was, these were right. votes. No doubt. And I mean, the meetings the meetings were, were public, sure. and they are. you can watch the meetings on video. So we're not making this stuff up. This isn't, this isn't me going back to my handwritten notes and no. saying what I think people said. No, we actually have gone back to watch the video saying, wait, am I, I mean, did I misremember yeah, did all this sort that? of stuff? No. No, and that's exactly why we've been saying this is something that will be at some point right. part of this package, right? right? So the first the first idea, the first vote was the phase in for the local share. And Michael, I remember right. 
you said this was the hardest part of coming up with these formulas. And a lot of people were worried about, oh, my gosh, if you look by year four, all right. the money's right here, right? So we right. should really make this a true phase in. Right. And, and we think that's the direction that the Kerwin Commission should go. And that's something that we're going to decide as the funding work group. This is what needs yeah. to be done. Well, there's two timing issues there. One is they wanted to smooth out the rollout of the entire program. Right. So, so one of the things that we remarked early on, like a year and a half ago, we were saying, geez, this is, this is supposed to be a 10 year plan, but all the money's in the first four years. That doesn't seem like it can stand. By last April, we were saying the General Assembly has more or less given this funding work group a direction. We want a genuine 10 year phase in. Right. But, on top of that, they specifically said, now, even with the state numbers being rolled out over multiple years, when you tell the counties you have to do your share of all these formulas, you end up with the early years being like like an Huge. enormous number. Right. So we're back to Baltimore City and Prince George's County and some of the other low-wealth jurisdictions being asked, oh, go do the equivalent of 22 cents on your property tax by fiscal 22, 23. And I mean, some of the numbers were staggering. And basically, rather than let's redo the whole thing for fear of this being politically not viable, the work group did what I think was pretty reasonable. They said, we're going to have to do a phase in to get from here to there. We think the end goal might be the right end goal, but there we need some means to get there. So let's have the county piece start from some base and get to the full amount over some stretch of time. They even had a little back and forth. Should we do it five years right. or six years? And then they concluded... We'll leave that specific judgment, you know, for later, but we think the county share should be phased in. But they accepted and approved a motion that yeah. there should be a phase in of the local right. share. Without a doubt. And that was a consensus of the people in the room, including the county representative, Correct. that that made this make more sense. Okay. So they, they didn't determine a duration. So the two of us have basically been sitting saying, well, we know there's going to be a county That's coming, phase right? in. That's coming. And it's going to be. Maybe it's five years. Maybe it's eight years. We're going to probably ask for it to be 10 years or who knows what. But like that's like we'll see that. Mm -hmm. So, OK, that's item number one that they decided in October. It's in the vote. They decided our, we're going to recommend that the county share be phased in. That's going to make this more workable. Right. Okay. OK, the second item from that meeting. And let, let's let's sort of set this up here and remind people what we're talking about. So I my big thing always that I mentioned is that, you know, in fiscal 20, counties have collectively added $238 million, Michael, on top of the required maintenance of effort, on top of what they have to do for education. That, of course, does not include uh, additional dollars that go to school buildings and infrastructure. But also, Michael, it doesn't include millions of dollars every year that counties make on top of that maintenance of effort calculation with commitments through their health departments and, you know, school nurses, right. law enforcement agencies for like school resource officers, right. after school activities, other programs that aren't necessarily inside the school budget. Right. But this money is still going toward education. So I'm setting this up for you and tell us what the second item was here that they voted on and approved. Right. So the same work group at the same meeting in October said, we also because we're going to be requiring counties to meet this high bar, and for some jurisdictions, it's going to be a big lift, we've got to make sure that we're doing apples to apples. So like the classic example is one that you mentioned. The easiest one to, to understand is every school system has nurses and public health professionals who serve kids in school. Mm -hmm. Everybody does that. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you do it? Are they employees of the school board? 
or are they employees of your local health department who are just placed in the schools? Right. Does anyone care? Like, not really, right? It's, I mean, same I mean, level of care, right? right? I mean, I mean, right, exactly. They're doing the same job. Mm-hmm. It's just they get a different paycheck from one way or another. So one county has decided we want to do this through the, for, through the health department, and there are reasons for that, and that works for us locally. Sure. Somebody else says we're going to do it through the Board of Education, and that works for us. Up until now, it really didn't matter. The, what the state tell, tells you to do is maintenance of effort, keep funding basically what you have been. So if the nurses are in, don't slash the nurse program in half, right? If they're right. out, that's not even part of the school conversation. That's its own political thing. But like no one's slashing the, the, the school nurse program in half. That's not right. happening. Right. Right. Anyway, so what, what the funding work group was saying was apples and apples. If your nurses are being funded through the health department and they're, they're providing services in the schools, that's part of what the schools are getting from the county. That's part of the county contribution the local to share, education. Right? Local contribution. Right? So when we measure the county effort, we ought to include that, whether it's inside or outside the school budget. That's the easiest way you can put it, and it makes total sense. It's very logical. And the reason it's important is because the state is now going to have a much more aggressive ask of that local share. We want the counties to step up and fund your share of all these different programs. For some places, that's going to be higher than what you do now. And the difference between that money being counted as part of what you do for schools or not could matter a bunch. Right. It could be very significant. Right. Right. But so this is another issue where the in October at that same meeting, there was a vote, right, that we think this should be included in the local contribution when we look at what the locals should be contributing to their schools. This needs to be apples to apples and we need to consider it no matter where Mm -hmm. it comes from. It's still going to the schools. And everybody in the room is nodding heads. Everybody recognizes that's the right thing to do. You've got to you got to treat this correctly and give the counties credit no matter what mechanism they're using to fund schools. Right. Boom. Everybody agrees. It's part of the motion. It's part of the recommendations. Done. So we in the county community like kind of go to work figuring, oh, okay. That, that's fine. That means our school nurses are still going to count. That's helpful. It's good to know. Right. It's not in the school budget now, but we'll still have that money as part of our effort. Got it. And you and I are saying, well, we're going to have to see the details. Like maybe in November right. when the full commission convenes, maybe they'll get, get back to these two details, these two items and flesh them out. Maybe they'll specify the years of the phase in and the list of things that can be included, even if they're not in the school budget. Right. And we expected to see a yeah. list, right? We're yeah. like, I wonder if this counts or does right. that count? Right. right. But like step by step. Right. So this is in October and we're handed the motion is, Here's the formulas, and here are two things to make the county piece work better. That we think right. will be addressed by the full Details commission. Details TBA. Right, right. Okay, so you and I leave October saying, oh, well, they're going to get the band back together. The full Kerwin Commission is going to meet in November, two, three meetings, wrap up this whole thing. And we figure they're going to come back. They're going to spell out the duration of that phase in. They're going to detail what's in and what's out of that count everything. Okay. That's right. Fine. Of course, these will right. be agenda items right. when the commission comes back to me. So, so we're, we're like, you know, we're, we're writing blogs telling people, this is what you want to look for at the next Kerwin commission meeting. Turns out it doesn't come up. Okay. They, ha- they have their couple of meetings in November. Their final meeting is a big vote. We're surprised. 
I, I mean, I, it was weird. I, yeah. I, and I, I mean, I even like sat and live tweeted that meeting and I set it up with five or six things. These are things counties are waiting for. We think decision day is going to be when we find out, is it a three year phase in? Or is it an eight year phase in? Turns out never came up at all. And I felt a little silly. Right. Having said, you know, I'm calling the shot. This is, this is the day when we find out the details here. We're going to find out the list of what things count in the, but well, okay. Turns out. Neither one comes up in November. Okay, so it didn't come up. And then <laughs> right. we think, all right, well, it didn't come up here, but right. they'll it'll be in the, it'll be bill, in the bill, right? Once right. they draft the bill, they'll they'll pull out that file. Hey, remember when they talked about right. this back at the the, the right. funding work group? Let's put this into the bill. Right. This is something that it seems like this is totally logical. This yeah. is what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We didn't even need to discuss it with the commission right. because, of yeah. course, we get it's it. It's just mechanical. Right. We got it. Right, and and so. In December, the commission is now done. December, the MACO conference, wintertime, you know, a big focus is looking ahead to the legislative session. Everybody's talking about Kerwin. Every meeting is about school funding and houses coming together. And we're telling everybody, we're telling, remember, there's two things coming. They're going to phase in your share and you're going to be able to count off budget stuff that's still for education. So it might not be as bad as you think. Right. Calm down a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, there were a bunch of counties saying, OK, all right, I get what you're saying. So that could be helpful. And, yeah, we are one of those counties where we've hired 22 school resource officers, but they're all deputy sheriffs and we fund them through the sheriff department. Right. They're not employees of the school board. Right. Right. Oh, OK, fine. So that's the conversation in December. Folks like us are pacing, walking the floors, waiting for the bill to finally drop. It does, you know, a week or so into February and nothing. Nothing in there. No list of things that would be included, right? Right. So there's there's one sort of murky section in the bill that read like maybe it was trying to be this apples to apples on what counts in the school budget. Right. Sort of a catch-all. Right. But there's no phase in at all. And that's plain as day. And I mean, when I say it's plain as day, it's a 180 page bill. So it took you and I we, like 36 hours to both agree. It's definitely not here. It's not in the back of the bill. It's not like embedded in some definition someplace. I remember we were, right. we were sitting upstairs with our colleague Drew right. and you're jumping down to the bottom. Right. Well, let me go to the, the bottom right. of the bill. Be, here. It's, it's got to be, be here. here. There's got to be a phase I'm in. Like, like, well, what is it? Five years? Eight right, years? Right. What is Where it? Is right. It? Where is it? And okay. So then. We finally figure out over the course of, you know, one of the rugged weekends of session, it's not in the bill. Mm-hmm. There's no phase in. And like the, the language isn't quite right, but it seems like maybe this was meant to be the every, the apples to apples thing. Right. But so, you know, we need to tweak it a little bit. We'll but, sort it out. This right. is what they maybe mean. It needs, needs some technical work. Anyway, there's no phase in in the bill. And we figure, well, that's going to be a quick conversation, right? Well, I mean, I mean, we, we submitted some technical comments, you know, to, to the, the, the House committees and then through the Senate as well, basically saying, you know, as you work on this bill, clearly you intended this to read to do this and that. And we know you're going to do a phase in. So this is the way we recommend you probably want to write it like this. And, you know, when the bill was introduced, I think everybody understood this is sort of the vanilla bill, right? And, <laughs> right. And, that, and, that, that was our explanation right, right. there. They're like, all right. We get it. The reason this stuff isn't in the bill, and here we are, we're, we're playing along, right? We're not ringing the alarm bell. We're not telling our county people, go march on Annapolis because, you know, the things we thought were going to be in the bill aren't there. We're telling people, okay, this is, this is the blank canvas argument. They didn't right. want to make policy decisions. Like, if the staff just wrote it's going to be a five-year phase-in or a three-year phase-in, then they've sort of 
made a decision. So by not including a phase in, they must be deferring to the legislature and we'll let them sort out the phase in. Right. They'll fill and, in the blanks here. Right. And then maybe they'll have to refine this paragraph on what, what money counts toward what, but they clearly meant to do that. Right. They'll just let the legislature iron out the details. Okay. We're still playing along. We're right? whistling. Still... We're whistling by the graveyard here. Uh-huh. And so it's been October into November into our meeting in December. We're telling everybody to calm down. The bill comes out. People People are saying, what's going on? It's not in Where the bill. We tell them, calm down. It's fine. It's going to happen. You know, they're, they're just going to, it's going to be in the consensus amendments. And that's probably how this is going to happen. Right. So. Right. So fast forward to today, right? right? The bill is now moving. Right. As we said, it's, it's been voted out of both subcommittees in the House and no discussion. And these items are still not in the bill. And this bill is heading toward full committee votes and then ostensibly to the floor of the house without these two items in the bill that we were led to believe all along. Don't worry. They'll get in there. They're not there. So, so bottom line, it appears in the, the bill that the house is moving, there is no County phase in and there is no allowance for those resource officers or health officers or other functions that the county is funding but are not in the school board budget. There's no allowance for any of those things to count towards you must fund the schools at this level. It's going to be narrow definition. Without that in the bill, we can't count it. I, right. and I really don't think there's any argument. We need the bill to say those those nurses, even though they're employees of the health department, they count when you make your case that you did your share. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so, so it's, they're not. We've in got the bill. A, we've, we've got a technical clarification now that that was never intended to be in the bill. It's not a mistake in drafting. It's not a technical problem. This reflects judgment. Okay, so what happened? Who decided right. to ignore what the formula right. funding work group said we need to do, and it was a unanimous right. vote right. in the formula funding work group? Who? What happened? I, I okay. So awkward pause, and in editing, maybe you take this out, but like awkward pause. Mm-hmm. I, I guess what you have to say is maybe okay. To be fair, the 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 adjustments that we what we talked about on the front half of the podcast are going to have the effect of blunting the early effect for most of the counties that are that are going to get snowed under quickly. Okay. So so the phase in So phase. so to the extent that the phase in was sort of the first idea of how do you keep this from being an overwhelm overwhelming effect on a county budget maybe these other things have sort of replaced that idea and obviated the need for a phase in. I think you can make a credible case. I okay. mean I mean I still, I still feel like process would demand that somebody would sit in front of the committees and say, by the way, like the commission recommendation was to do a phase in, but at this point, the consensus leadership amendments that are before you say no phase in. Instead, we're going to do these things and, and that's what your vote today is going to, is going to recommend. Right. Don't do a recommendation that the group had. Instead, do this thing that accomplishes maybe a similar goal. But that didn't right? happen though. There wasn't ever that conversation no. about, Hey, by the way, right. this is what they said you should do, but we have these amendments. And even if everybody would have nodded their head and said, okay, sounds good, and you could make that argument, that that just didn't happen. So so phase-in is gone and I guess arguably is replaced by the effort adjustment and maybe the more technical adjustment to the floors. Okay, those things things now will change the bottom line numbers for counties Mm -hmm. and – if if the policy rationale was let's calm this down for the counties, that'll do that to some degree. The other piece, 
I've got no parallel argument for it. It's just gone. Right. So the the list of of services that you know counties provide to their schools that aren't right. in the school budget that is gone. So the Kerwin Commission and the work group that fed into it clearly voted and said that stuff should count. That's what we mean when we say the counties must fund at this level. We mean both the appropriation to the school and these other in-kind services that end up benefiting the school, even if it's not in the school budget. It's not in the bill. Nobody ever voted to say this is a bad idea. Let's let's ignore it. Let's take it out. It was in the recommendations. It's not in the bill. And I can't feel any other way than we just we fell for it we got played <laughs> i mean you know but but look it's true i mean it's, it's never been raised never presented never considered by members of the general assembly i mean and it's hard right you remember this is a 180 200 page bill right this stuff gets lost in the shuffle but i think the point is all along we've been saying it's coming it's coming it's coming right. we know this stuff's going to be part of this mm-hmm. it'll be here or then okay well it'll be in december right. it'll be in january it'll be in february now we're in March and it's not there. And I can't help but feel like we right. were just right. led down this road yeah. and we got played. So we, we've been telling our counties for for now it's months. I mean, for a while it was weeks. Now we've been telling our counties for months that there's going to be a softening here that's tough to categorize. You know, it's tough to quantify. Right. Like We don't know how many SROs this county has or how many school nurses that have or who's doing other safety things or other things that are on After behalf school of their programs, schools. Right. right. So, I mean, some places have park, you know, like park programs that, that end up having an in-education component mm-hmm. and stuff. There's a long list of stuff like this. And we kept saying, the list is coming. Don't worry. It's going to be in the bill and it's going to give you some relief and it's going to recognize the good efforts you're making in an unconventional way. So that counts too. That's part of your solution. Guess not. And now we have to go back to all of our members. Like we, I mean, like speaking just selfishly, like you and I have had this conversation with county commissioners sure. and council members, county finance officers and budgeteers. And we've been telling them that's one thing that is going to give you some help. Now it looks like, no, that was, that's, I, I don't know. I, you can't say it was never in play at, at some point. The plug just got pulled, and I don't know how that happened. Right, and and again, we were saying that for good reason. These were items that were voted on; they were unanimous in the formula funding work group, and so I think we had good reason to think that. But you're right; the plug was pulled. I don't know when it happened, um, but I, I, you know, we do have to now go back and say, you know, that stuff that you should be getting credit for that makes all the sense in the world. It is not in the bill, and unless it is in the bill, we don't see a path that would allow you to get credit for these for these services right. that you're providing to schools. And so, I mean, like a, in a weird coincidence, we literally have a bill hearing this afternoon in Ways and Means. One of the committees that's going to be voting on the Kerwin bill, they have a bill before them that I mean couldn't be more dead center on this issue. It's a bill that basically says we think health functions for students in public schools really should be performed by the Department of Health and the local health department. So they're all but saying, take this program out of education, put it into health, but station it there. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have to show up and say, 
like like we might say let that be a local call and that's what we would have said last year sure. but now we have to like shoot off a roman really candle say. and say good god don't do that because we won't be able to count a penny of that investment as part of our education commitment even though it's all for kids in schools it's for education and for most counties until just now it's been in the school budget please don't make us take it out of the school budget because it will be ignored for our effort we'll have to replace that dollar for dollar under the Kerwin bill right so back to back issues which are i mean maybe that highlights this issue and gives us at least the the short debate we want okay all right so, so yeah we'll see i think a number of bills where this issue will come up but today obviously the timing uh, couldn't be better at least to, to highlight this for a committee yeah, that I is so. going to be voting this in the near future right but we'll leave it there, I think, Michael, for today. And obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll keep everybody updated with what is happening. But it's fair to say that this bill is on the fast track in the House, and then it will hop over to the Senate, and they'll consider it after that. Yeah, most most big things work this way. So there's sort of an informal arrangement. Okay, House is going to move the Kerwin bill, and then the Senate is going to pick it up, probably embed it into a package of things right. that end up being sort of philosophically connected. None of that will be a surprise to us, I think. All right, so we'll leave it there. If you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. That way, these episodes will be sent directly to you. Of course, follow along on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, the Conduit Street blog. But until next week, for Michael Sanderson, Kevin Canale signing off, and we will talk to you soon.